What about Vietnam? What about Vietnam? A podcast with Kerry Newsom. So much to see and do. What about Vietnam? Everything you need to know before you go. Let Kerry pave the way for an amazing holiday in Vietnam. What about Vietnam? Hello and welcome to What About Vietnam? Xin Chao, which means hello. My name is Kerry Newsom and I'm your host. This is the very first episode. I'm truly excited to be bringing you this series. It's been a long time in the baking. Fell in love with Vietnam a long time ago and now through this podcast I get to share some of my learnings as a travel blogger and regular traveler in the last 14 years. I continue to work with travellers to Vietnam and it's through them that they have inspired me to put this together for you. I hope to answer all those burning questions you have about Vietnam, like when to go, do you need a visa, is it safe, where are the hotspots and what are the must-do things. I hope to bring this information to you in such a way you feel like you're already there and we'll do that over the next um, few episodes. So stick around, I have lots of information coming your way. In this session, I'd like to focus on food because I think it is the entry point to the country. I'd like to talk about experiences and give you some insights into uh, the kind of experiences you can choose and where to find them. So I want you to uh, to visit the Vietnam I know and love and uh, let's get started. Okay, when I think about food and Vietnamese food, I think about fresh seafood, fresh vegetable salads, juices, noodle soups with amazing broths, baguettes that are filled with varieties of pork called banh mi, and just aromas that draw you in from the street. But if you were to silo Vietnamese food into one strand of flavours marked as traditional, you would be missing out on the fusion of Asian flavours it now offers. To get the full frontal of the basics at a street level, I really urge my travellers to do a street food tour in one or all of the main cities. And there are various versions of food tours. There's a lovely one in uh, Ho Chi Minh City that comes to mind where the girls actually pick you up. They're all in their owl's eyes and they take you around on these really cool scooters uh, to visit the the stalls to uh, try the food. It's a lovely, lovely experience. I've always believed that uh, one way to know a country is to immerse itself in uh, its food. So if your palate and your digestive system allows it, try and be open to exploration. Check out the local markets and while the smells and views of food vagrantly sitting out on the benches may be overwhelming at first, try and put your, you know, when in Rome do as the Romans do hat and try some of the traditional uh, dishes. A little tip here for your tummy, Uh, it is going to get hit with some flavours. So uh, I do suggest to my travellers to maybe look at taking a probiotic um, before leaving, maybe for a few days ahead. I know I do. And it really helps get our tummies uh, used to the different flavours that's going to experience. Um, And definitely do take some anti-diarrhea medication. I hate to bring that up uh, right in this, but I'd be remiss if I didn't do so. I want to cover the five main dishes uh, that is 
you know, Vietnam are renowned for, uh, that would be banh mi. I laugh when I think about banh mi because everybody knows it's my first go-to thing. I love it. The baguettes are absolutely delicious, light and not so full of that thickening bread that we all hate. Uh, they're full of, they sometimes put butter or a mayonnaise uh, on the um, as the base and then they'll add a pate, uh, a pork roll uh, and um slices of the pork roll and then they'll put uh, sometimes the pork meat. You can have them with chicken or you can have them with beef and then they'll add um, basil, mint, uh, spring onions and chilli if you like. If you're like me, you're going to have the, um, yes, I'll have it all, thanks, uh, because it's just a bite to behold. Pho, uh, spelt P-H-O, is pretty well known. It is a beautiful broth soup. It's all in the broth. Um, the aniseed flavours, um, the beautiful um, mint and basil uh, with a little bit of sugar, it's it's just so delicious. And, of course, you can have that in beef, chicken or pork. Bang Zhao's a pancake. Um, it's my number three go-to. It's a delicious breakfast uh, option. It's usually very crunchy. It's got spring onions. Sometimes they put prawns in it. Um, You sort of fold it over uh, and amongst it you're going to put the mint and the basil and and the extra bits of salad into it to add to the flavours. Definitely my go-to for breakfast. Khao Lao, uh, familiar to uh, people who visit Hoi An. It is a very flavoursome noodle dish. It's got cute, crunchy little bits of pork on the top. Um, oh, look, there's lots of stories that it's made from the uh, barley well um, waters. Um, I don't know how true that is, maybe in the past, but certainly the broth is um, is what makes it. It's it's a tasty lunch option and uh, very common in Hoi An. Ban Cha is a traditional Vietnamese pork dish. It's kind of got uh, pork patties that are kind of squished up and uh, it also has caramelized pork belly slices. It's served in a broth alongside rice noodles, fresh vegetables and herbs. You're really going to love the noodles in Vietnam. They are so different to the noodles that we, we know. And if you can, try not to get um, caught up in all the taunts about eating strange animals, as it is not common practice. And in fact, I have not gone down those streets. I, I can't even tell you exactly where they cook dog, which does occur uh, in the north, or pigeon, rat, or snake. So as I'm not an authority after 14 years of traveling to Vietnam, I'm going to leave it right there. I will tell you that there is definitely a difference in flavours and cooking between the North and the South. Even their spring rolls are different. Um, And distinct to some regions will be dishes like white roast dumplings, famous in Hoi An, as is the cow lao. And as I said, um, it's it's a very simple noodle dish, but try to find it in Ho Chi Minh City or Hanoi. You're going to find that very difficult. As a rule of thumb, Okay, with very blurred lines. The north does tend to be more meaty. They have a cooler climate that lasts longer. Um, The south uh, and in the centre, you're going to find sweeter and certainly a concentration more on seafood. A word of warning, if you think your kids are starting to get a bit hyper and you don't know why, mind the sugar. As you will find, they put sugar in almost everything. I found that out from a cooking class. Even fruit juices, pineapple, watermelon, etc. You can say no to sugar, which I do.
Obviously, beach locations like Natrang, Da Nang, Hoi An, Halong Bay and the Mekong Delta are rich in seafood, which they regularly sell the day's catch to local restaurants. And they will offer them in kind of these buckets out the front or, or ta- um, yeah, they're, they're buckets. Um, they're displayed in the front of the restaurants. You can then pick what you want, they'll weigh them, and then they will pretty much cook them um, the way that you want to. It's cheap, it's cheerful, it's delicious, and you can't beat the freshness. And no, I cannot speak about Vietnam without talking about the little red chairs. And the little little red chairs are, are quite famous. You'll see them as standard seating in very local places um, that are frequented by the locals. They're also part of what I call the pop-up restaurant. You can be walking along a street, maybe in Hoi An, uh, and all of a sudden the chairs come out. People will start grilling tasty sticks of pork or skewered prawns, etc. And simply... Um, very quickly, you can grab a chair, you can grab one of those sticks and sit down and, and make an afternoon of having some some delicious snacks. It's definitely the aromas and the relaxed state of being that draws you in. There's no fuss, no parking to organise, no booking to be made. And yet in the same street that you're going to have the um, the street food, you can walk further down and you'll see lovely restaurants side by side touting their daily specials. Like any country, um, Vietnam has morphed into a, a multicultural society and amongst the craziness is some amazing chefs emerging with new restaurants and bringing their culture to the table in Australian, Japanese, Korean barbecue and Asian fusion. I can honestly say I don't think I've had a bad meal in Vietnam, but for the most I am with people that kind of know what I like. I still do food tours and I still do cooking lessons because you never stop learning about Vietnam. It's just one of those countries and that's the delicious part about it. Vegetarians, you will love it as Vietnam has you covered well. Um, Their fruit juices and their fresh vegetables and noodles, we can definitely steer you in the right direction there. Coffee is a culture all of its own. It's an outing It's not just a drink, it's a way to say hello and make new friends. Along with their teas, you will want to find any excuse to have a coffee or a tea, possibly in an old shop house that has been converted to a tea house. I know of a very beautiful ornamental shop house in Hoi An. It's uh, known as the Quiet American as it was featured in the film and the house is still owned by the family. Uh, I got to visit the upstairs bedrooms one time to see the old fa- the old family photos on the walls dating back centuries. It it was just so amazing that that uh, residence had stayed in the family for so long, still owned by the same people. Truly, um, just makes you uh, shake your head. Every frequent visitor has their favourites. A place called Cocobana is another one in Hoi An um, that's a favourite for me. They offer these um, very relaxing foot baths. It's made out of some kind of tea and they pour the tea in. So you can have it either hot if the weather's cold or you can have it cool. And if you've been walking on hot cement for hours, let me tell you, a cold foot bath with a nice berry delicious tea um, made from berries and, and all different kinds of herbs, you you walk out of there on a cloud. I don't know how they do it, but they just do. And so with things like egg coffee, um, it's not found everywhere, mostly in the north and central districts. I'm not a big fan, but maybe if it's on the menu, you should try it. 
Vietnamese, um, uh, if we're starting to talk about their what they drink, um, certainly fresh fruit juices. They're not really known uh, for drinking a lot of alcohol, uh, except when I mention beer. So let me tell you about beer uh, or their traditional beer hoi. This is a beer that comes out and is produced in a day. So uh, it's made in a day, it's drunk in a day. Uh, you can get it very cheaply, you know, around about 5,000 to 10,000 a glass. There's lots um, of ceremony that goes in the official ranks um, of a group sitting around to do um, beer hoy. There's actually a place in Hanoi called Beer Hoy Corner. You're going to pay around about 5,000 to 10,000 a dong. It's cheap as chips, so you can drink lots of it. Uh, it's a rowdy kind of thing to do, but a lot of fun. Uh, and um, by the end of it, you're really going to make uh, new friends. So if I move on now to describe you something about the people, uh, I preface this by saying the, these are the experiences I've had with people um, and they're also the experiences that my travellers tell me about that they have experienced that um, have warmed their hearts. For a country that's experienced so much hardship, I am amazed at how gracious, kind and generous they are. I work with Vietnamese people uh, regularly and for the most part I've found them to be uh, kind, caring and um, and, and are honest and, and, and helpful. They do have a fascination with us a bit. I think they'd like to put us all in the same bag as foreigners, um, which makes it a bit difficult. But once they know I'm from Australia, I get a lot of Aussie, 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 come on, Aussie, Aussie, and I get, g'day, mate. Um, so that kind of makes me feel at home. I do have an example I want to share about how, how wonderfully kind they are and thoughtful. Uh, I can remember walking through a, uh, a market in Hoi An. It was a really busy hot day. Accidentally, I dropped my hotel door key. Uh, didn't even know it, to be honest. I uh, kept walking and um, I got a tap on the shoulder and there's um, this street vendor who's handing me the card. Uh, I offered to give her um, a, a small reward, which, you know, she took. But, you know, like how often would that happen um, and certainly I'm not even sure that would happen in the streets of my city. The um, the opportunities that are open to you to actually mix with locals, uh, I attended a, a cooking class in Vietnam uh, run by a beautiful lady named Lin Tran and um, she had a fun class. I learnt a lot. She became a, a close friend and, you know, since then we travelled together and have stayed close friends. So the opportunity to meet locals, uh, if you get it, uh, take it because they are beautiful, warm uh, and friendly people. They mostly follow Buddhist traditions and favour anyone who does also. Family's everything and you'll, you'll see a lot of that when you see the Tet celebrations and I'll talk a little bit uh, about that in future episodes. Uh, I mean, there has been um, some talk during the COVID uh, epidemic and I am recording this during that um, as it's May. Uh, I was in Vietnam in March and there was 
some talk of people out in the country regions where there was some aggressiveness coming from the locals. Uh, seeing foreign travellers, they kind of uh, branded uh, those with um, the blame, I guess, for bringing the COVID epidemic uh, to Vietnam. I mean, that was totally uncalled for and I don't think it was rife across the country, but it, it did happen. So we'll see when things get more relaxed and as Vietnam is now opening up more, um, I think that's uh, that's all just going to dissipate. Uh, Vietnam is a ravaged uh, car, a country of war. Um, there have been a lot of wars and um, I guess if we talk about uh, the most recent one being 50 plus years old, the Vietnam War, uh, the Generation X don't really understand it as they don't get taught in their schools too much about uh, political history. I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or not. As a traveller and like in any city, keeping your wits about you um, is um, is 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 just common sense to me. Uh, you're always going to find those pickpocket kind of uh, criminals around, uh, certainly more around the markets and in the inner city areas. Um, you know, just keep your bags, be be, be mindful, uh, you know, use common sense. Uh, I think if you're bringing children and family, the biggest thing that's going to confront you, and we're going to talk about that more in other sessions, is going to be the motorbike traffic and crossing a road, even more so than worrying about your bag getting pinched. While I am recording this in the middle of the um, pandemic, uh, I want to just emphasize that when things we either get through it or we find a vaccine or uh, we are more uh, out of the travel ban space, I will update uh, these episodes with uh, new information. As the people differ by region, so do the experiences you can expect to find. For simplicity in this session, uh, I'd like to break up experiences into four main categories uh, and uh, there's a reason for that. I have a second series coming out called, uh, called A Traveller's Guide to Experiences and that's going to feature first-hand accounts. So I'm going to be talking with people who've had various experiences in Vietnam and they're going to be able to give you their version. So it's going to be much more fun, much more interesting and um, I think the best way to talk about experiences uh, uh, in Vietnam. But for the purpose of this uh, episode. Um, my main aim is to get you excited about Vietnam as it has so much to offer. So oh, where do I start? Okay, let's start with water. Vietnam offers so much on water. For a start, there's 3,200 kilometers of coastline and your hotspots there are going to be Da Nang, Hoi An, Natrang. And if you're a bit of a, an island lover, then you've got Fuqua. And it's uh, it's an easy transit too, and it's visa-free from ha- uh, Ho, Chi- Ho Chi Minh City. The north features some of the most staggering waterfalls near the China border. And let's not forget the beautiful Phuong Nha underwater caves. Um, these caves just seem to spring eternal. Um, as of March 2020, they discovered 12 new caves. So it is uh, the cave system which keeps on giving. My personal all-time favourite um, for off the beaten track uh, is Barbie Lake. It's so pristine and unspoilt. 
you get to mix with the white Thai people and among the Hmong tribes, you get a feeling like it's a place that time forgot. Visit magical caves, um, taking a boat, and y- you go into these caves. And sometimes, depending on the time of year you visit, you get that cave all to yourself. And of course, you must be south if you want the taste of the mighty Mekong. Enjoy a trip up through to Phnom Penh or visit its delta region at Cantho. I mean, Cantho for me was an eye-opener, getting to see those families of which, you know, there's probably only about 100 or so families left that do sell their wares on the water very early in the morning. It is a sight to behold. And the Mekong River, uh, taking a, a boat up the Mekong is definitely another experience to explore, but you need a little bit of extra time for that. Now, let's talk history. Um, And if you are a history or war buff, this country has got it for you. Um, it's, it, it is a country that has dominations from Chinese, French, Portuguese, Dutch and Japanese. So everywhere you go, you're going to see those influences. If you start your historical adventure in Hanoi, um, that will be a really kick, uh, kick-off start. Hanoi is divided into 12 districts. And within um, Hanoi, you're going to see uh, a great many places to uh, step back in time. I I have a favourite, the Women's Museum, which has only really opened in the last few years. I guess what I loved uh, about that was the storytelling about women uh, and how they have supported the country. And, you know, if it was good enough for them to don a uniform and fight um, in uh, Various wars which they, as I said, have been involved, um, they have as many rights as uh, any. And one thing you will notice is the women are very enterprising. You'll often find they are the entrepreneurs in the family business. Still with a culture mindset, you can travel to Hui and enjoy a treasure trove of imperial history. Then, uh, if uh, you're still eager to search more on the history, why not go to Hoi An where you can stay in a 16th century old town, visit shop houses and pagodas, see live art performances telling you stories of love and loss, all over that you know, that spice trail period of time. Uh, I mean, Hoi An is a great place to mix up the old and the new with um, fantastic beaches. It's ideal for families. You know, it's just a place you can't go past for multifaceted experiences. Now I want to talk to the adventure seekers um, in my listeners. You need to pick your time to come, uh, especially if you want to avoid uh Uh, like exhaustion um, uh, and heat exhaustion. I I would recommend heading to the north of Vietnam in the months uh, between February and May. Rug up and you will experience some amazing vistas, either from visiting uh, tea plantations, Mm. climbing mountains in Sapa, kayaking in Ninbin or crawling through caves in Katpar National Park. Look, just exploring the national parks could consume your whole stay. You get, you know, to enjoy some of the the local homestays um, and you're going to meet families just 
taking you under your wing and, and cooking for you local food. If you'd prefer the on-road experience of maybe a motorbike, then that's definitely an option. I have seen some of those gone um, south, but if you get the right advice and and talk to people to to give you that, um, there's places like you can uh, talk to people um, like Mark Boyer at the Rusty Compass. I'm hoping to get him on my my show in the next series. Um, he can tell you lots of ways um, to get around Vietnam on a bike that are, is thrilling, exciting, and offers you fabulous uh, local experiences. And then if you're for uh, leisure, you want to come to Vietnam and just get pampered, you want a relaxing time, you want to enjoy the food, you want to shop um, and you, you really just, you just want to have a very relaxing time. Uh, let's start with the shopping. Designer shopping is now a thing in Vietnam. All you need to know is where to go. Uh, believe it or not, I may be able to give you a steer in that as I'm co-hosting a tour next year, but we'll talk more about that some other time. Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh are the other places to go for, for that joy in, in shopping. There's some amazing boutiques. There's some amazing, amazing designers that are emerging there. Um, it is an exploration. It is worth spending some time. Uh, definitely bring some money. You're going to need it. Um, Eating. Okay, I can't go back on that too much. We have covered that a bit, bit here. Uh, I'm always going to get out of the main cities for, for relaxing food. Um, da Nang is a new and emerging city. It used to be a city you, tr- you pretty much use as a port of entry. Uh, it's now getting some great uh, restaurants and has some amazing food tour- tours. And um, I definitely suggest that as, as a stop. Uh, from there, uh, Hoi An is uh, your place for food and a variety of food. Um, pampering. Yes, I did mention pampering. Pampering is definitely on your on your ticket. 350,000 dong is going to get you a very nice massage at a spa center and with them about every five meters in uh, in Hoi An in particular, it is uh, a thing to do. Flop and drop in Hoi An, I, I do talk about stays and length of stays in other uh, episodes. Um, I would recommend Hoi An a stay for about five days so that you can really soak up the old town the beach, the food, and the pampering. But let's not forget the golf. Golf is becoming a really big thing in Vietnam. I brought a group over last year, uh, about five people. We we travelled uh, mainly in the centre region. We did uh, five golf courses. They raved about the courses. They loved the whole experience, uh, just the food, the the culture. Um, just they just absolutely raved about the courses and uh, couldn't speak highly enough. So um, Vietnam is really emerging as a golf destination with that mix, even for non-golfers. If you're, if you're traveling with uh, your partner and they don't play golf, with uh, so many other things to enjoy in experiences, we can certainly fill their, their sheet. So I'm wrapping up this episode. Please check with the episode notes for any links mentioned and um, feel free to contact me uh, anytime. Happy to answer any questions. I really look forward to the way um, forward. Um, I'm I'm here to uh, help 
answer any questions you have about Vietnam and um, and give you all those planning tips in future episode uh, episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to rate, review and subscribe. What about Vietnam? A podcast with Gary Newsom.